Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. Why is there a connection between, I would label them tribal, but why is there a connection between like tribal or geometric tattoos and wisdom? Why does that, do you feel like there's a connection between those two? Um, I, I feel like that's what they mean to me. Wisdom. So. And I say this because I'm, I'm about to, that's the beginning of my compliment section. I like your tattoos. Okay. <laughs> and I consider you wise. Okay. And this is why I think this is the case is because I think I'm making a knee jerk kind of connection. Okay. But why? Why is that? Why is it connected to wisdom? Why? Are or is it that? even? Is it just me? Um, through the research that I have done, and obviously you could see that I have um, sleep, quite though? a lot of uh, sacred geometry, which you would call sacred geometry. I have the flower of life. I have metric cube. I have the tree of life. And these are, <clears throat> through the research that I have done, there are patterns that exist in nature. Yeah. And there are patterns that, according to a lot of astrology and like research that I have done, there are patterns that... Um, come through sound and waves and that yeah. they're they stretch throughout the universe mm -hmm. so um especially when i'm on a psychedelic and i'm and i'm having hallucinations i see these patterns quite often yeah and i think that they are connected to wisdom because our ancestors used them and probably throughout every single indigenous community throughout the the world i feel like they use some sort of geometric pattern and movements to heal to like you have muras where which are different uh hand patterns that you can mm -hmm. use to heal and that's ancient japanese healing techniques um and that within itself i feel that it's connected to wisdom and mm. i feel that sacred geometry and patterns are connected to wisdom because it represents life itself yeah. and these patterns are not um and there are patterns that are supposed to give off negative energy as well mm. so i think in paganism and in wiccan in wiccan cultures you you see some of that dark magic and you see um patterns that are potentially negative Hmm. Um, I have. I just got a new tattoo over here, and I might have, <clears throat> I might have seen it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, it's I, I I'm probably not pronouncing his name right. I'm sorry, guys. English is not my first language. Uh, what is your first language? Spanish. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's metro something's cube. <laughs> <laughs> metro. I have to look it up. I'll show you the. Well, word. I don't. Yeah. It's don't a, he's an archangel that supposedly okay. he he exists in in like ancient Greek mythology and in the Bible, and he's the angel of like wisdom and peace. And this is the symbol that people would see when he would come down and and talk to them. So, um, uh, and throughout his life, that was like that's like his sign. And I, I've. I've always thought since I've been doing psychedelics and doing research on sacred geometry that, yeah, it's very connected to wisdom because it's mm. about evolution through through consciousness. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's the main reason why now I've chosen to cover up 
my old tattoos, blacken them out, and then do sacred geometry on top of them. Oh, that's and what it is. That's what yeah. that's yeah. This is a blackout. That is very dark. Mm-hmm. It's a blackout of. I used to have a pinup model because I used to <clears throat> be into like the pinup world and the rockabilly world. I don't and, know any of this. No, so it's like <laughs> I'm, modern I'm uncultured. Modern day 1950s girls. Oh so, yeah, so I have like heard the of that bangs, pinup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the ba- like. But you're still kind of in it, right? Yeah. You seem to be a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's still my style. I like yeah. the vintage style, and I. I think that that's, I don't like to say that I'm an old soul, but I've heard a lot of people tell me that I'm an old soul. So I've, I connect my oldness to like, like I I can never like modern day things. It's really hard for me. I have an attraction to like old stuff Mm. and, uh, but yeah, so I used to have a pinup and now I've covered it up and I have the tree of life and I have um, the lotus pose. So when doing the lotus pose and inside of, inside of the the tree of life and i feel like i feel like that fits me more now because i want to believe that i've matured in consciousness and these symbols represent that to me so i i definitely definitely believe that it's connected to wisdom Hmm. well i um I, I spend a lot of time uh i kind of identify as a math guy that's why the f of x is in chef of x Right. Have you heard of the Fibonacci sequence? Yes. Yeah. So that's that, that's another pattern that put you, I was potentially um, considering getting tatted on me because it's the pattern that you see in flowers and yeah. onions and cabbages, uh, in trees and volcanoes and structures and the pyramids of Giza. You know. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But well, I, I'm not really good at math, so yeah. I never I try to not so much equated to math because i know i know that numbers are fascinating and that w- that's what makes this sacred world of patterns and mm-hmm. stuff but i i'm not really good at math. well here's the thing it's that everybody has been fucked over when it comes to math because it's a discipline where you you basically have to be um you have to have an apprentice apprenticeship so like if you have um a one teacher with 30 students that's not really how you learn math it's more like a one-on-one it's kind of more of a one-on-one because you have to um it takes a lot of time and you have to play off of people's strengths and this the school system doesn't really do that well so mm-hmm. w- what can happen with a lot of people i heard an analogy in boxing which is that uh i think it, i think it's called southpaw boxing but at some point people who were left-handed i'm not i'm butchering this but people who were either right-handed or left-handed they were trained to box with the other hand probably the left-handers right because there's fewer of them Mm -hmm. they were trained to be right-handed first and then they learned how to box but then a new style came out like for a long time that's what it was like if you weren't the right hand or whichever one was the correct hand then they just trained you to be of the correct hand but then a new style came out that favored the other hand (laughs) and and that's kind of that's kind of the attitude you have to have when training in math is that you don't force people out of their natural rhythm. You have to figure out what their natural rhythm is and then teach them a style that is aligned with the way they already are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And nobody does that in the school system. And they, it's not really, people do it, but like, I felt like for me, my um, apprenticeship stuff came from other students. Yeah. So like I was, 
I was in classes where everyone had apprentices or they were all getting trained individually and they would just like pass hand, on the yeah, knowledge. they would just pass yeah. on shit to me. Yeah. And like a lot of it is based on inspiration where if you pass on one golden nugget to someone, they will do all the work themselves mm-hmm. because they will be genuinely interested. But if you force them to do it, then they won't do right. it. So anyhow, what I was going <laughs> to say is <laughs> with this, I think <clears throat> with the geometry specifically, I feel And this is something that only, you know, the people in this demographic would know about. But like when you are good at it, you're in a flow state. It's it's actually relaxing. It's actually a state of mind that feels better than a normal state of mind. And I feel like geometry in particular is something where it's it's so it can be so beautiful that it actually puts you in a Zen state. Yeah. And it's it's like uh, it, 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 it makes it so that if it becomes a positive experience for you, then even the parts that you don't like are worth it because they're leading up to the positive thing. Like they're leading up to an insight that wasn't obvious to you before. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, anyhow, I, I think geometry literally relaxes me because and I you're have to be talking so about focused. like actually doing geometry Yeah, work. actually doing geometry. <laughs> really in particular writing proofs relaxing (laughs) (laughs) because it's it's difficult so you have to focus yeah and then but when you focus that's like what meditation is Mm -hmm. and if you spend enough hours i feel like spending enough hours focusing on something gives you a baby meditation experience where maybe it's not the same thing exactly but it's like there's a there is some psychological benefit to just being locked into something for long enough that's outside of yourself or maybe that has nothing to do with your personality. Mm-hmm. It's not ego based. It's just, you're just doing the steps. Right. And it's, and it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's geometry. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel the same way, but with political science. So, um, sometimes when I'm studying different theories and, and different types of democracies and stuff like that, that also relaxes me or, uh, something that I've I gotten into recently was looking at revolutionary wars, like mm-hmm. before the ones that we started learning in history books. So, um, so that kind of stuff relaxes me. History relaxes yeah. me, but it also it also frightens me and it scares me. But just to know makes me feel that we have a chance that society as a whole has a chance, and mm-hmm. I'm really optimistic about that. So. To me, it helps me to see how uh, societies have persevered throughout history, politically yeah. and economically, and that that's why I chose political science because it was just something that I'm I'm so passionate about. But mm-hmm. um, uh, I also find it uh, sometimes um, overwhelming because I have very particular political views, yeah. and I can't really confined with people because everybody's really sensitive or something but yeah well, uh, studying uh, yeah. political science um, uh, relaxes me so I can see how math and geometry would do the same for you mm. yeah well one way that I've I think I've been able to observe that you know you are an old soul is your attitude toward um, sensitivity. I think that this this might be something that we have in common because um, I think right now there's a kind of a wave that basic preaching is that um, being insensitive, the only reason to be insensitive is to be an asshole. <laughs> and I think there's another perspective that says, well, sometimes what you're seeing as insensitivity is actually, if you take a step back, 
it's actually something that makes sense in a larger context. And it's almost like a side effect medication type of thing where that's not real. Uh, like when you take a medication, the real effect and the side effect both happen. But mm-hmm. we say this is the real one and this is the side effect because we don't like the side effect. Right. That, that's kind of what I mean. I think that sometimes insensitivity is something that happens along with other things. And I don't think there's any respect for that right now. I think anything that brings any level of discomfort is seen as the the same as like a malicious attack. Yeah. And and I don't agree with that because I've seen plenty of counterexamples, but it's uh, sometimes it can be difficult um, in this age. (laughs) I think, (laughs) I think that's the side effect of, of uh, the woke uh, trend that occurred. I think people who became woke just, uh, made everything so touchy that now everything is being perceived as being insensitive. And I, and I, and I don't want to say I feel because I feel like that's a woke thing, but uh, it's, it's apparent that uh, so many things now have to be politically correct or they have to have, uh, you have to, you know, beat around the bush with what you say, but in reality, uh, we're getting more censored than ever and yeah and that yeah. shouldn't that shouldn't be the case we should be able to talk about all sorts of things and uh, and not reprimand everybody who has a different view than you and yeah, um, yeah i've seen that quite quite a lot <laughs> yeah and it, and to me the the irony of it is that um th- that the colleges seem to be the center of the thinking but I when I was a kid, I always imagined, uh, like I was a real geek when I was a kid. You know what I mean? I wanted to go to college. Yeah. And I imagined that the colleges would be the places where you would meet people who uh, had, uh, I guess you could call them certain intellectual values. And that's one of the basic ones. It's like you should allow people who disagree with you to speak. Mm-hmm. And people have done away with that, uh, yeah. Pretty enthusiastically. I think it's this notion of having so much like free will and individuality, and like, oh, now because all these things that I, uh, I felt and all these hardships and all these traumas, and and now we've somehow, uh, I don't know, I, I don't really know how to phrase this, but um, it's just become. Like all these traumas are now at the forefront and now we can't say shit about them, although we need to deal with them and heal with the traumas. Now we can't even uh, make any suggestions or speak our mind about how we could um, not stop us from speaking, but like, hey, how do we find a platform where we could all have a discussion about whatever it may be and not not go against one another just because we have different opinions and views and... Yeah, I, I've I've noticed that since I've moved to Davis that uh, I I had this notion that in university I was gonna find intellectual people where we could have conversations that were open and and f- and flowing because yeah. I was I was sure that I would find people with different uh, views and political beliefs and stuff like that. But I've noticed that everybody just wants to stay with people that think the same as them and 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 it just creates so much divide to identify with one thing and uh, and be that one thing solely um i think it creates more barriers than actually a community yeah um, and i think that i'm much worse at 
uh, interacting with people because of it. Because there's less <laughs> practice. There's, I have less practice. So it's like one thing that happens a lot in, in my world is that people will say, uh, it, 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 people will act as if disagreeing with someone is the same thing as... Not being on their side. Well... Or I, I, I see this mentality where it's like, if you're not with us, you're against us. You you're know? not with us, you're against yeah. us. And yeah. also... Being with us means that you agree that this conversation shouldn't even happen. I guess that's mm -hmm. it's kind of like a, it's almost the the overstep to me is just that one position is one person's position is there shouldn't be a conversation at all, and then the other person's position, well, you don't even get to hear their position. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like it's not even that you're picking sides, two sides of a debate. It's that one person thinks there should be a debate, and the other one person doesn't. doesn't even think there should be a yeah. debate. So yeah, it's very hard to have a discussion about that because it's so meta. It's like let's have a discussion about why you should value discussion more. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, oh well, wait a minute. That I'm right. already there's no space for that. Right. So yeah, it's just it's there's no Socratic method anymore for people to communicate. <laughs> I mean, I think we're doing it, but I, yeah, I I, I think that uh, people are so hell bent on sticking to their side that it it just blinds them from. I mean, I think you're stronger and smarter if you could argue for both sides and agree with right. both sides and then disagree with both sides. Right. You and should you should always be able to see the good points on the other side. Mm -hmm. It's so annoying if somebody's like, you know, there's 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 nothing positive there's, about yeah, this person. It's all, there's it's, nothing positive it's that fuck they've this, said. Fuck that. The whole thing is not it's just problematic. Do <laughs> yeah. away with it, erase it, right. delete it. Yeah, that's anyhow. Um I, I don't remember uh, where we were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Uh, now let me get to the program that I was uh, initially going to do, which is very philosophical, very open, but I think you'll enjoy it. What is a good life for Susie? For me? Yeah. Whew, what is a good life? Uh, you mean how I define a good life or what's a good life for my personal life? Um, well, I guess how, how you would define it, um, if, uh, like if you could live an ideal life, what kind of, uh, stuff would be in it and okay. th that uh, might be another better way of asking it. I, I see myself, I mean, the life that I have now, I think it's a good life. I, I indulge, uh, in a balanced way and all the things that I like to do. And that's beautiful by the way. You indulge in a balanced way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I most certainly do because I, I work so hard that I, that I reward myself with a lot of stuff and not, not necessarily things, but experiences. And for me, a good life is being able to wake up and have gratitude in the morning and just be thankful to wake up, uh, have a good breakfast, uh, go to a job that I really like, mm -hmm. um, continue to learn, uh, engage in like physical activities, uh, have like be able to have good nutrient food. A good life for me would optimally be, I would, I would love to have my own farm mm. and be able to live off my own, um, produce and stuff like that. Um, which I try to do when I go to the farmer's market, um, also having a lot of love, talking to parents, yeah. uh, having good friends, um, staying away from toxic people. And yeah. Well, you messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I'm learning how to have a good life. I, 
before I, I, I love being attached to toxic people and to drama. And I would be around people who were doing things that ultimately led me to a lot of trouble with the law, with my parents financially. Yeah. And I slowly, through a lot of hardships and adversity, I have learned what's the best life for me and, and how I could lead a good life. And I'm still learning, but I'm starting to realize that, okay, I don't really need a lot of money to have a good life. I just, I want to have a good, like, I want to have good health. I want to be consciously mature about my emotions um, and take day by day and not rush things and really just live in the moment and that's what i'm learning to me that that's a good life yeah and yeah what's a good life for you um it's i think it's similar I, so I, oh and communication i love talking to people so as long as i'm communicating <laughs> with people i that's also fulfilling to me and that's also a good life to me and i yeah. like i love communicating with people and yeah, so that's another, <laughs> another thing of my good life. No, yeah, yeah I, I agree with that one. Um, actually, for me, that's from a mental health perspective, it's like essential medicine to have one good conversation per week. Mm. But, oh, um, yes. But for me, like, I, I feel like um, my platform has always been um, performance based for a really long time. And it was not, it wasn't that healthy because I was, I was really into academics and I was into sports at one point. And, um, I guess those were the two main things a little bit here and there with like clubs and whatnot. But I I eventually had like a, a really big breakdown. And since then, I feel like I've recentered more toward mental health as the main piece of my good life equation okay. mm. um but a, a lot of my attitudes toward performance are still lingering there and i'm grappling with them because it i feel like i'm living in a way that's it doesn't really make a lot of sense yet so one of the big ones is i still like masterpieces i still uh, a part of me still feels like a a part of my life that I want that uh, it would be lower quality without is to work on really big projects and things that I feel like are deeply satisfying long-term um, kind of things that, that are legacy related. Yeah. But, yeah. but that attitude comes from a time when I, my work ethic was perfectly aligned with that. And now what I'm noticing is that I still feel that way, but I want it to be um, in areas where I don't have to compromise my mental health. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. I've I've noticed that um, I was really I was I was gonna do a PhD in electrical engineering in like t 2015. I was gonna apply to start in 2016. And I wasn't the best student in the world, but I was like, I was good enough to probably, like if I would have made it through the master's program, I probably could have made it through mm -hmm, the PhD mm -hmm. program if I didn't quit the first two years. But um, now I'm like, well, I definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there are things that I want now that for some reason I consider the equivalent of that. And... Um, 
you know, I uh, actually mutual friend Reggie. <laughs> Reggie, oh, I miss. So Reggie. I know. So we both know an EDM producer. Yeah, and um, re- he's one of the people in my world. I I I haven't spoken to him in months. But, he's in Florida. Um, yeah, that's why probably. <laughs> but um, I remember uh, the last time that we spoke, he he briefly mentioned that he had this hunger, he had this desire, he had this fucking, you know, this burning desire that he wanted to do something. And one of the things that was crazy to me is that I related to that, but I don't feel that way anymore. I still feel like, you know, I want greatness, but I don't feel like I I want to scratch for it. I want to, you know, I, f- I feel more like I want a creative greatness where I, like, for example, I never gave a fuck about storytelling. Mm-hmm. But now it's. I think it's a beautiful thing, you yeah. know. So, <laughs> so I I feel like it's not something that you have to grind. It's, yeah, you, it's something that you. It's a taste thing where it's like, well, you try stuff and over time you figure out what emph- what to emphasize and what to cut out and mm-hmm. and um, it's still a craft, but um, because of that, blah, 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 <laughs> a, a good life is mental health, but also masterpieces probably in the arts yeah rather than in the the more strict disciplines although i love them Mm -hmm. like i just don't feel like um i i just i feel like a certain freedom that i didn't feel before yeah and even in my uh i do a little bit of math work still but i figured out a way to do it so that it's not a grind it's more of a you know it's exponential kind of growth well yeah it's 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 more of setting things up well Mm -hmm. it's like i want to write something so that i can keep writing about the same thing for 20 years right and the way i want to do it is just start from the very fundamentals just the bare bones you know one plus two is three just start (laughs) from there and then after some time then add in some more complicated stuff Mm -hmm. on top of my own platform right and to me building a good foundation yeah and 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 i i see it more as like well this is a unique corner of the world that nobody wants to be in that i'm in so it's like niche work instead of being in a rat race yeah yeah and um because of that i really enjoy it so anyhow good life for me is um it deals with a lot of creating um and then also a lot of the things you mentioned, I'm I'm just at the beginning of my journey. For instance, food is the funniest, but like Yeah, I was I was gonna say <laughs> Yeah, diet is... and exercise. Okay, so food, I only drink drinkable food. That's it. That's the you know, that's the big reveal. You now, only what? <laughs> the, the vast majority of the food that enters my body mm-hmm. is a drink. It's this very gray, probably nasty thing. That has macro and micronutrients that are very nice. Okay. As long as it has <laughs> you nutrients at, that your yeah, body exactly. needs. If you looked at it on a graph, it would be like, you know, the best food. What ever. is this? And send, send me send me the <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to do advertising for them. Okay, but I'll, well, tell well, you. I'll get you I'll get the information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in the I, future, who knows? Maybe I could have my own drinkable food company. Yeah. Um, yeah. especially if it's easy to do. Yeah. But I mean you get the ingredients, you scoop them. Anyhow, uh, um, I I don't I could never do that. I love using my mouth when I'm eating. <laughs> yeah, I did. so I wouldn't recommend it 
to anyone. But I no, I I definitely am interested. So give me the info later. <laughs> you know what? Let me. But let me speak some truth about it. That is good. Um, if you're interested in two things that I was interested in when I started, actually three things, then it is the best food. One of them is convenience. There's mm. zero cooking, zero refrigeration. Yeah, depending on how you look at that. The second one is um, calories. You know exactly how many calories you're taking in because it's a ratio per cup of whatever the drink is, depending on how um, thick you're making it, Mm -hmm. right? Or you could think of it as per cup of the solution, and then you add water, which has nothing. So so it's really easy to measure how much you've taken in each day. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is um, if you want to track any macronutrient too. Like I wanted to track protein because I was uh, trying to gain weight at the time. So uh, which worked, by the way. This was like I first started drinking fucking food probably 2017. (laughs) (laughs) And for a while, you know, things were weird. You know, I was getting weird looks. But if you looked at like my progress Overall, I actually did gain a lot of weight over that time. So mm-hmm. um, it did the, it, it, it delivered. So yeah, f- for people who are trying to track things super easily or just be super fucking lazy, then I would actually recommend it. Yeah. But most people, that's not their interest. Plus, you got to be willing to take a hit when it comes to flavor, when it comes to being a fucking weirdo, when it comes to, you know what I'm saying, did sharing it, food with people. Does it, when you first started, did it affect? Uh, your emotions or your attitude or do you feel that you had like a mental shift or well that's the beauty of it for me is at the time when i started i was already in such a weird situation that it didn't even matter so you don't eat meat or no now i I, the truth is i eat everything but Mm -hmm. i buy this drinkable food okay and then i'll like you know if I want to treat like I had a burrito today. <laughs> I'm actually in between cycles. They didn't deliver on time. Gotcha. So I'm like on edible food for a while <laughs> until see, it fucking shows up. But um, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, the drinkable food is the food thing. And then the, for the exercise, I was uh, I was in the arc for a while doing like deadlifts and squats, which really was the mass builder. Forget everything I was doing before that. That's all I should have been doing. And then I, it would have been one year transformation. Yeah. But um, but then I stopped. Um, I left Davis uh, at the end of fall, so <clears throat> I was like, okay, let me um, let me figure out what I'm going to do. And I got I was already kind of into it, but I'm getting more into like the body weight movement community. Mm-hmm. Me too. <clears throat> and it's really cool. It turns out it's like way. It's really cool. Yeah. Like if you know how to use rings, parallettes, like uh, uh, weight vests, you know. Just small accessories here and there. You could really like Change do a your full, body. yeah. yeah. It, it. I. I always thought it was weak stuff. You know, like oh, doing yeah. 100 pushups. What's that going to do for me? Mm-hmm. Versus a bench press, 200 pound bench press. But no, you don't keep doing the same pushups. You do a more advanced version. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be something that's like at your level where you can just barely do it. But anyhow, I would say um, sustainable workouts, which I'm doing. <clears throat> Having good macro and micronutrients, <laughs> which doesn't necessarily mean drinkable food anymore, because I'm not—I yeah. don't need to gain anymore. But um, just having decent nutrition, not eating fast food all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, expression. Um, I may have, yeah, that's it. That's good. That's good enough. For I me. definitely agree. 
<laughs> yeah, I, uh, yes, those are also big parts of my life too. Creating, cooking, health in general. Yeah. yeah. Okay, next thing. Let's say you live a great life. <laughs> what happens after you die? Or what in Susie's world, what happens? Well, for a long time, I thought that when we died, we died. Yeah. And that there was nothing and... Um, was this before psychedelics? This was before psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> I always ask that because yeah. I know I know a lot of people say psychedelics helps with uh, anxiety about death. I don't think I've ever had anxiety about death. It was just uh, I grew up in in a semi religious family, and yeah. I I didn't like all the rules. And on top of me having rules at home. Uh, I just thought I was like, fuck Jesus and fuck heaven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think that way anymore. And it was shortly after I did shrooms that I, I started to have faith. And I always said growing up, I told my mom, I came out to her when I was 10 that I didn't believe in God. And she got really pissed. And she put me through like, uh, I had to do my first communion and a bunch of church stuff. And when I told her I didn't, believe in god she was like well what do you believe in i'm like i believe in hope but yeah shortly after i did shrooms uh for the first time oh shit i should have said that <laughs> never mind oh uh, yeah so the, after the first time i did shrooms i i began to feel faith and i started believing in like miracles and and energies that are that transcend like this dimension and i started mm -hmm. to go into like metaphysics and quantum physics which i i was really into for a while when i first did psychedelics yeah and so after that um my perspective on death changed and the way that i what i think after death for at least for me uh, it's two things mm -hmm. um I feel that we are reincarnated into the earth. Mm -hmm. And I also, we, I feel like we transcend into, into space. Yeah. Uh, um, our consciousness, I believe that transcends, transcends into, into space, into the universe. And then our material physical uh, vessel gets recycled back into the earth. Mm. And it goes in our plants and our fruits. Uh, Obviously, our DNA gets recycled, so my DNA will live through my children and my children's children. So I don't think that we actually die. Uh, I think that our um, vessel that we're in has to uh, decay because that's the nature of all stuff in nature and yeah. we're animals, so I, I, we have to decay. So I, this decays, but our consciousness, I, I think that it surpasses um, this reality so I, mm -hmm. I think it lives on i just don't i'm i want to assume it's in space or yeah, in the yeah. universe or you know in different dimensions but um so i don't really think we ever die yeah mm -hmm. because when I, when i was little i would have these dreams like these crazy dreams about china and i had never been to china mm -hmm. and i would only see, i had only seen pictures and i grew up in el salvador so we we didn't get a lot of information of China, but in my in my dreams we were speaking Chinese. I had a wow. Chinese family. I would do like a bunch of traditional Chinese things, and uh, and it wasn't until I came to the United States that I was like, oh shit, I had dreams about all of this. Like, and I would tell my mom, like, I think 
maybe I was Asian or wow. Chinese in my past life. That is um, odd. So these were multiple dreams? Yeah. Hmm. And I would and it would be the same people in my dreams, like uh reoccurring dreams uh, in different scenarios. Like in my dreams we would I had this house and it was quite similar to the house that I grew up in El Salvador. And a lot of the customs uh with with Latin American countries and I think Asian cultures is that we have this like huge respect for elders and stuff mm-hmm. and our ancestors and yeah. um, we're really close to our families. So I don't, those things were really apparent in my dreams, but mm. I was a completely different, I, I look completely different in my dreams and I was speaking <laughs> a language that wow. I would hear it in my dreams, but I, I would, I knew that it was Spanish, but when I spoke it, it was, Chinese so uh so I don't I don't think we ever really die we just recycle <laughs> <laughs> we definitely do recycle when it comes to the is it okay physical. if I check my phone real quick yeah that's just, fine just that's like fine a- actually I I when you were talking about dreams I had a recurring dream but it was disgusting can I tell you I mean yeah. I hope it doesn't ruin anything but like oh my god so I was a, uh, I was in a dream I was with this girl right and uh we were walking around a campus and we walked to a certain area and there's, this is in the dream. Mm-hmm. We look out a window and there's a bunch of people having sex outside, right? So we go, we go outside, but when we get out there, no one, no one's, it's just normal people. It was like, it was a trick on our minds. Oh. So, <laughs> so then we walk around and we see Mike Tyson. The guy with the tattoo on his yeah, face? Okay. Yeah. And, and by the way, I, I like, I've been dialed into his world a little bit, so that explains why he was in the dream. But um, I, I watched his podcast a bunch of times. Anyhow, <laughs> I'm in this. This is like a weird dream that I had twice, but the ending was different. So the first time we asked my, Mike Tyson, "Hey, we want to have sex outside. Where's like a good spot?" <laughs> right? And he's like, "Oh, this bush." Right? Oh my god! And then I'm like, "That's stupid. No." So I like uh, somehow I turn my back or something. And I turn around and Mike Tyson is fucking this girl behind oh the bush, God. right? So he's like, yeah, you, you want to join in? And the first time, the dream, I said no. <laughs> so I'm assuming the second time he said so yes. The second, t- the second time I'm having the dream. And I, like at some point in the dream, I know I've had this dream before. So maybe I was lucid dreaming it. But it was like, it was gross. Long story short, I said yes. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. anyhow, that's the only dream I ever had twice. And that was recent. That was like within the last you month. You made the choice in your dream? Oh, it was disgusting. It was horrible. It was like cream pie. Yeah. It was like, oh my sweating. God. <laughs> I'm like, dude, Mike Tyson just fucking. You, you just did, well, what's it called? The Eiffel Tower? Or I don't know that. I don't know it the has terms. A, because it's like two guys and then the girl. Oh, yeah. no, it wasn't that. It was, it was, it was sloppy seconds. Okay. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> A Mike Tyson of all people. Yeah, I would not want to have a threesome with him. No, no. Um, Heavyweight champion of the world, no thanks. Okay, anyhow. um, Yeah, so I I think that this we're still in a time where this is considered speculation. But I suspect that consciousness... I suspect that consciousness cannot leave the mind. But nobody knows. So right now I'm in the position that you were in when you were younger, which is that um, a, a little bit more of my background is like I uh, I had exposure to um, like 
Catholic Catholicism, um, Christianity, and um, Islam when I was a kid because mm-hmm. I, I had a I had a mom who's my mother's side of the family is Catholic, and they had a lot of children. So she had 11 brothers and sisters. Wow. And, like, some of them are Muslim. <laughs> some of them are Catholic, right? So so we would hang out at different cousins' houses and it'd be different mm-hmm. religions. And um, and for me, I always had uh, anxiety about death because it wasn't even about death. For me, it was that um, people were older than me. Once I realized that adults were children, it really tore me apart because I thought like, wait a minute. So I, I wasn't around at that time. They're like, no. And I was like, well, where was I? Well, you didn't really exist. Oh, my goodness. So I was like, oh, shit. That, that, that to me was more of an immediate concern than death because it had already happened. Mm-hmm. So um, I, essentially, I had been dead for most of recorded history. It was the way that I <laughs> processed it. And the life was the, was the abnormal part. So hence wow, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was like my uh, fundamentals of, of philosophy. A lot of people, like I, I would tell people I like philosophy and they're like, oh, so you like Descartes? And, uh, and I'd be like, no, I like thinking about the human condition. Yeah. I like doing what Descartes did, you know? Thinking. And yeah, I like thinking. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know anyone else even cared about it. So when I learned about philosophy eventually in middle school or whatever, I was like, oh, there's other people who were like worried about this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. thought I was, the, I was the only one in my house that was worried. So uh, people would just laugh like, of course you weren't alive. Who cares? Yeah. You know. So anyhow, because of that and because of my exposure to multiple religions, I think my whole atheist uh, um, understanding really began like – around the 10th grade, although I had suspicions here and there. Um, for me, a lot of my positions come from the world of science where it's like, that's the, that's the, um, the kind of scaffolding for the position. For instance, it, when I say conscious, I don't think consciousness can leave the mind, but this hasn't proven yet. What I'm really speaking about is, well, our, um, our conscious experiences, is it possible that they could be computed by our brain? And this, to me, seems more of like a detailed science question. So I, I think that, um, I, to me, I think that I'm one of the few people in this camp where I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want people to have my position, similar to drinkable food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't want people to have my position. I would, I would want them to have it if they got there in the same way. But I could see it as really, really destructive if they just tried to jump there. Like if they tried to follow me and say, well, this guy thinks this, so therefore mm-hmm. I want to think it. I think like if you worry about neuroscience, then yeah, you should think about whether or not the mind can compute, you know, um, the brain can compute the mind. But if you're not worried about that, Wait, so is, it, is it useful? Is it, is, it, is it really useful for us? Because if I'm correct then it doesn't matter what we really think, you know? Mm-hmm. So wouldn't it be better, especially if there's no um, dogma attached to it, wouldn't it be better to consider living forever than to be settled at like, I think we're going to die? And I think for most people, it would be better to consider it. And I think the problem I have isn't even with specific models of what happens it's with just dogmas. 
and we we can see dogmas in areas that have nothing to do with death like mm -hmm. you can have a view uh, i always give people the box view right there's either gold in this box or there's not gold in this box <laughs> so if you open it then that's just looking at evidence mm -hmm. but if you have a belief about it already and you're stuck to it and you say there's definitely not gold in that box well then you'll never really know no. if there's gold in the box so i i realized that um my view is that i do think it is game over at death. But I don't think people should think that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I don't think most people, I, th I only think you should think that if, if, if it's easier to think about the details of neuroscience than it is to think about um, just the beauty of life. You should be focused on your life, I think. Yeah, I mean, you'll know, I guess, when you die. I know, exactly, <laughs> everyone will know anyway, so who cares? Yeah, I mean, you'll figure it out when your time comes. <laughs> I, I personally would not want to live forever. Yeah. Um, I, I well, feel like even just as like a an, consciousness in 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 uh, the universe, or you mean like as as you a are now? as I am now? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to live forever. Uh, uh, no, I wouldn't want to live forever. I, I, the reason I don't really think about death is because. I I know it's going to happen, so why not just enjoy the life that I have with the opportunities and circumstances that I've been privileged with. And yeah. um, But I do like to think that consciousness is separate from the mind and it exists somewhere in the soul. Yeah. And, and I know that's another thing that maybe exists or doesn't exist, but um, I don't think soul has a shape or a form or... Mm. Um, just like energy, it doesn't yeah. have a, a shape or a form. Like the wind doesn't have a shape or a form. So yeah. uh, that's where I stand with, with consciousness at death. Mm. Okay. Uh, I, I'm in a, arguably, I just got out of a toxic relationship. So <laughs> I wanted to, and you actually, I th you gave me some specific uh, food for thought, I think, before about this. But toxicity in relationships. So how would you... Uh, I, I, how about this? I'll make a statement and then you say what you think about the statement. But okay. my thing is, I think that it's difficult to know if you're in a toxic relationship. Because I think if you're in it, then on some level it's normalized. I disagree with that. You disagree? Okay. I think that if you're in a toxic relationship, it means that you yourself are toxic. Mm. Um, uh, I think well, so. Actually, I think I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I agree with you. On that. I, I think at some level, it's not even about toxicity. I, I think that's maybe like the umbrella of what it falls into because people don't want to call it trauma because trauma is a much more deep word. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's really just dealing with trauma. Um, I was in two very toxic relationships. And the moment that I, it clicked in me that shit, this is really toxic and it's it's pulling me into that toxicity and, and into that perpetual trauma. I, and when I realized that I didn't want it anymore, that I wanted to heal and I wanted something better, I, I was able to pull myself out of those two relationships that were really toxic for me. And ever since then, uh, my, I've only been in four relationships and my two last relationships were really great because I didn't want to repeat those same actions and, and that would cause toxicity and trauma to further grow in the relationship um 
but I, I feel that at some point I've, I myself was very, very toxic. I would, I, I would, I could tell people I might not be able to fight, but I could beat you up with my words. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I bad. could, I could demoralize somebody really quickly and, and, uh, I, I don't, I, I, in retrospect, I know that that was really wrong and I've acknowledged like my wrongdoing in my past relationships. And once I, I accepted and confronted the fact that I myself was toxic, I felt a, a shift in the people that I was hanging out with and dating. And the moment that I spot like red flags, I'd be like, hey, you know, uh, this is not going to work out for me. And, yeah. and I move on. Um, but... I think it's easy to be in toxic relationships, like you said, because it feels normal. Uh, just with domestic violence uh, cases, uh, women become normalized to being abused, or men, in whichever case it happens. Um, and that's, and I think that's fear. You know, the fear of um, being alone, or or the fear of not finding somebody else, or the fear of of not being. Um, of com- comfortability, you know, like we don't want to break out of our comfortable cycles, and and that perpetuates perpetuates toxic relationships. And I think the most prominent thing about that is is fear itself. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I try to do <coughs> is um, spend uh, some time uh, sp- try to try to get used to being alone. Yeah. Because um, my impulse is that if if something goes wrong in one area to immediately jump or in one relationship to immediately jump into another because it's, I don't know, just fill in the <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, but I also uh, I'm lucky because I actually like doing I like being alone, too. I, I really Me enjoy too. it. I enjoy so being alone. I, I always feel like I'm know, really independent. So like. Yeah, and I feel like you're independent too, and and that brings some then you some actually comfortability in being alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can probably relate to this. Sometimes when you're independent, and then you get involved with someone who is maybe less independent or codependent <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, maybe even, <laughs> right. Then uh, they start penalizing you. Yeah, for doing the things the, that, that made you independent. independent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. wait, why are you doing this? Why are yeah. you doing that? Like, wait a minute. Yeah. I've been doing this. I've been mm-hmm. doing that. You knew. <laughs> you knew what you got yourself into. How dare yeah. you, like, so, throw that in my face now? Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's very interesting to think about it because I, I, I for me, I remember I was doing this. Um, I had this idea back when I was in community college which is very... Now, this shows you that I thought of it in community college. No way I would have thought of this at Davis. But I was thinking of calling it the Dry Pussy Podcast. And the idea was this. Here was the premise. I would have not been on that show. (laughs) Maybe. You might have liked what it actually is. is So the idea was for it to be um, a non-sexual conversation about things that are... Sexual. Sexual or sex related. <gasps> I wanted to do a show yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. You would be way better at it than me. I had no business being anywhere near <laughs> it. But someone actually wanted to do it with me, mm-hmm. right? There was someone who went on to do great things, but uh, she decided, yeah, I'll do this. And one of the things that, you know, she was bringing up was basically that, that like, you know, everybody's got their own kind of energy, but mm-hmm. there's, 
a, a big sign of where you're at in the game is to know like what role each person in your life can play and how you can help them. Right. And, um, one thing, one frame of mind that I have when I feel like I'm being really, really, I'm in my toxic bag, so to speak, is that, is that I, I try to think, okay, I won't be completely alone, but what I'll do is I'll practice, I'll try to practice being a good friend. I actually think I'm a pretty bad friend <laughs> by default because I, I'm, I'm outrageously reclusive, outrageously alone, you know, so I could forget birthdays. I might forget, like, I might make an appointment with someone and then not put it in the calendar and just completely fucking miss it and not even apologize for it. So until they call me out, right? (laughs) But it's not out of disrespect or hate or whatever. I'm I'm not trying to harm anyone. It's just that I'm I'm genuinely airheaded in a lot of areas related to friendships. So I think, well, let me try to be the best friend that I could be for as long as possible Mm -hmm. rather than pursuing relationships and usually that's like just enough to keep me on edge but i still feel that underlying rumble of like i i have fear that i'm gonna fuck people up like i don't feel like i'm that toxic but i feel like i could fuck people up do you think you're worthy oh 100 (laughs) percent. so then why would you fear that because sometimes I'm like, you know, there's a, there, there, I don't really know what my effect is on someone until it already happens. Mm. So I don't want to, uh, you know, mess something up and then really scar them. And then that's how I learn. Like I, I, I have this story about this, this, this girl I did like 2012, long time ago. And I was, uh, this was back when I was in my like academic phase, right? Super productive. So I said, hey, I'm doing some homework. I would like you to leave me alone for the weekend, right? <laughs> she came to my door crying the next day. And I was like, what? What's the fucking, what? What's the problem? And she was like, oh, you don't want to hang out with me. <laughs> And I was like, so what? I told you I'm going to be working on something. Why can't you understand that? You know? And my, my, my reaction to that was anger. And then, (laughs) and then later on, like I, I, I retold the story to somebody and they were like, I mean, is that how you feel about it now? And I was like, yeah, you know? And I, uh, and they were still mad about it? Yeah. No, 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 no. They weren't. I, <laughs> I still felt like I was justified in the response. Whereas the present version of me would be more lenient. Like, okay, if somebody is actually in tears at your door, then maybe it means more to them than you thought it did. Maybe yeah. you gauged it wrong. Right, absolutely. Instead of just immediately saying, what the fuck, you broke the contract. Yeah. <laughs> you should try to be understanding why is it that this person feels this way about this event even if it was a a small deal to you Mm -hmm. why would it be a big deal to anyone else and i've noticed that pattern repeats like the amount of contact i have with people is just very minimal sometimes i'll call somebody once a week and i'll be like that's it once a week that's what you get you know you got an hour you're dating yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's your hour you know wow (laughs) what about texting do you text (laughs) 
I mean, what I'm saying is, these are at my worst. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm like. Yes, I'll text somebody. Yes, I'll, you know. I'll, you whatever. think those are toxic traits? Yeah, because I have abandonment in my um, mm. past. So okay. I, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't grow up with my parents. Uh, one of my, one of my parents, I have like no history of. The other one, just normal abandonment. Wow. So, yeah. it, it's, so for me, like a part of me is always going to be that kid who's like, "Yo, where the fuck are my parents?" Yeah. And and I grew up with that. So for me, uh, it's normal for for people to just not be around and. A part of the story mm-hmm. is like, well, maybe they're doing something that is worth their time to do. So when I interact with people, if I'm doing something that's worth my time, then I'm like, oh, they'll understand. Because like I fucking understood as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is they have no idea. They're just normal people. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're just trying to say hello or whatever. And, and they're not – I'm so task-driven that sometimes – it can be hard for me to wrap my head around the idea that someone just wants to be around or just wants to relax mm. without any goal in mind. Right. So, um, and in that sense, I do still feel like let me not fuck up anybody else in the process of my healing. Let me just try to yeah. uh, figure out exactly what the uh, what the errors are, and then. What your triggers time. are, or what the triggers are. I feel like I'm good with the triggers. I'm, I'm usually very uh, calm. I'm not the person to fight with my words or mm-hmm. my uh, hands. Uh, I'll, I, I see it like if somebody, um, if if some, if I'm fighting with someone and they really try to hurt me, and I try to hurt them back, then that's a failure of my character mm-hmm. because when they try to hurt me, I should view it as they're hurt and that's why they're doing it. They don't mm-hmm. actually want to hurt me. They're just, it's difficult for them to do anything other than that in that moment. Yeah. So usually when it comes to certain things, I'm on point. <laughs> but when it comes to other things, abandonment related shit, mm-hmm. then it's like, I'm like the worst fucking, I'm some animal out there grunting. I have no connection to the rest of humanity. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't really know how people operate. So, um, but anyhow, you think, if it, if things are toxic, you would know, or it's possible. It, everyone should, people should know. I mean, There's, but it's it's harder to see if you yourself are toxic. So if you yourself yeah. are toxic, either you might not see the the things that are affecting the relationship uh, again because it's it becomes normalized. Um, but if if you're healing and you continue to see toxic people i think it starts to become more apparent and you start to realize hey i don't i don't want the cycle of things and i don't want to i don't want to recycle the same characters in 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 the people that you meet and um let me ask you this do you get in a lot of fights in your relationship no i mean i used to yeah i used Mm. to a lot um but in my past relationship um we we never, we hardly ever fought me. We fought for like, because I couldn't make up my mind of where to go eat or. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's toxic to me. <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that was the most silly thing, but it would be like over in two seconds, you yeah. know, and, or we would, uh, certain things like, uh, 
oh, putting the seat down when he would go use the restroom. Mm. Uh, that was uh, it's irritating. It, I, I would have to put the seat down or whatever. I mean, just little things like that we would fight about, but not major uh, things uh, that related to our communication, our physical attraction, um, the way that we verbalize things. Um, everything was pretty like set in order, but um, I also feel like th that was my strongest relationship because we had also known each other for so long prior to that. And yeah. this person and I were fuck buddies for so long. Yeah. And, and then we reconnected after like three years of not talking to each other. And then we ended up like dating and then seeing each other for almost two years. And, um, and it was really solid because we both uh, really like similar things, although we were really different people. He's not academic based. Uh, he doesn't really care about the political world. Um, he does a little bit, but not 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 to the way that I would want my, an actual <laughs> partner uh, <laughs> to be. But it was it was good enough to the yeah. point where we could still have conversations. And he was he he was so curious about polit political science and philosophy and history. So I found that really attractive and. Uh, yeah, so we we connected so well on so many levels. And I think that one of the main reasons that we worked so well was because we both like physical things. We like um, going out. We like the same kind of sport activities. Uh, we would go snowboarding, surfing, uh, we wow, would skateboard. that's crazy. Yeah, and we would always, or we would go rock climbing. And then we had really solid communication. He came from a family where he was really close to his parents mm -hmm. and... Um, I was really close to my parents, so he understood when I had to be with my family, and he understood that I had a curfew, and yeah. he understood several things that were really important to me. And he, by never... the way, a lot of those things I have no understanding. <laughs> I, I, my, I, yeah, <laughs> like the curfew, don't yeah. understand. Um, I, I, I used to hate it when I was little, but then I just realized it was my mom just really caring about me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so. That was the most, I think that was like my best relationship just because everything was out in the open and uh, we would talk a lot and do a lot of stuff. And I feel like the biggest thing was that we had amazing sex. It was yeah. just like, <laughs> fuck all the time. It was, it was amazing. And we would always find new things to do yeah. and new places. And like, we, we kept everything. Mike Tyson. <laughs> I definitely have had sex in a bush, so it's it's quite fun, actually. You got to get cream pot. According to my dream, that's the place to get cream pot is by Mike Tyson oh in a bush. Oh, my goodness. Scary. Not by Mike Tyson, but... <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... But my prior relationships to that, they were really toxic, and I would argue consistently because yeah. my first boyfriend, we, we moved in together when I was 18, and... Yeah, we yeah. were really young. He was 21. I was 18. Uh, he loved to party and go out. He didn't respect his mother. He'd call her a bitch. You oh, know, uh, he hated her, but yet he lived with her. And they and, oh, and, wow. and she helped him through a lot of shit. So I was like, I don't understand why he hated her so <laughs> He's much. He's so mad. Yeah. And but he, I, I guess I never really realized that. You know, as a child, she had done a lot of stuff to him and he had a lot of resentment towards her. Uh, and I understood that, too. I had a lot of resentment towards my mom for a really long time for not letting me be like an individual. 
And uh, but my first relationship was super toxic. He didn't let me go out with my girlfriends. He always thought that I was cheating on him to the point where I eventually started cheating on him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that is pretty toxic. Yeah. The accusations. Yeah, the accusations. Uh, I was like, I was like, motherfucker, I don't even have a fucking passcode on my phone. Yeah. I don't. I I leave everything <laughs> out in the open. Like I, if I wanted to be with somebody else i would be with somebody else so but then that created a cycle where every time a guy would accuse me of cheating i'd go and cheat because i'd be like well if you're gonna accuse me i'm just i might as well might as well because i'm taking the downside already yeah you're already treated as yeah yeah and because i was more i was really promiscuous when i was younger and i i still kind of am a little bit (laughs) and um when i moved out i wanted to get tattoos i wanted to like be this rockabilly girl i cut yeah. my bangs i dyed my hair i wanted to be like i finally became the rebel that i couldn't be in my household mm. um i got piercings i started getting tattoos and uh, wait, wait let me jump in have you do you go to a death and glory uh tattoo in davis no, no? i don't like okay, i don't like mind. traditional tattoos oh okay i was gonna say are those is that what you mean by mm-hmm. the rocker okay I mean, that's some that's of like, them. I can show you a picture. Maybe it'll... that's that's like old school uh, tattooing. That's okay. a tattoo style. So, okay. but the figures that are represented in those tattoo styles come from that rockabilly pinup world. Yeah, so, yeah. that's what I mean. The figures in the tattoos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, very very toxic to first relationships to the point that um, uh, at the end of my first relationship, we got into a fight. He gave me a black eye. I gave him oh, a black man. eye. And it was really, really abusive. Yeah, and that was, that's where I was like, okay, I'm done. And after I called it quits, uh, he was still pursuing me. I moved out. I got my own studio in Hollywood. He was still pursuing me. And this was like maybe like only nine months after we had lived together. I moved out. I was working a really good job. And um well at the time i thought it was a good job uh um and and so i moved out on my own and i was like fuck it Uh, i i wanted to like be on my own and explore things and he kept contacting me he ended up like maybe we were together for like two years um and then after we broke up it was still another like nine months of us Came continuing to pursue me to the point that he thought that by proposing to me he can make things better mm-hmm. and he after i had told him i need a break like i don't need i can't do this um uh, it got even worse he caught me cheating on him in the act and oh, it was really bad and i know that that created even more problematic things in his life um and it was it was something that i'm i mean now i'm i if i could go back and do things differently i would uh um but that was probably that 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 spawned a lot of more toxicity in my in my next relationship that followed because as soon as i broke up with him as soon as i stopped seeing him two months later i was in another relationship already with somebody else well that's the question what's the right amount of time right it just depends on each person right yeah because i already had been ready a year to break up with this other dude and and then i was like man i i want to be with somebody else and um two months later i meet this other guy a musician who had multiple traumas in his life that and then i ended up moving in with him as well so yeah. it just i kind of like and the perpetrating um those two relationships kind of like collided and the same kind of toxicity that i had had in the first one 
fused into the second one and I was with him for two years and then he had a mental breakdown that I couldn't understand and I didn't really know about mental health at the time this was in I think this was in 2012 Mm. and um uh, 2013 2012 and I wasn't really in the mental health state or like I didn't really know what that was or how to deal with it but um so when he went through his breakdown I was like I I can't be here for you I don't know what the hell you're talking about demons what are you talking about yeah, demons that's the right move get the fuck yeah. out of here <laughs> so uh again he wouldn't let me break up with him I ended up yeah. cheating on him that he to me down. that is the most toxic thing right yeah. there wouldn't let me break up with them dude both of Jesus. these guys would not let me break up with them they were consistently uh trying to stay with me when I was like I I would tell them to their yeah. face, I don't want to be with you. And <laughs> and they'd be like, but, but why? Let's make it work. I'll be a better man. Yeah, you yeah, know, and they would do that's... something, it would do something, they would do something that would buy some time, but I would be like, fuck, I don't want to be with this person. Yeah. And my my course of action was like, well, it looks like when I cheat, they definitely get the 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 they read they finally hear the bell like okay this this girl yeah. really doesn't want to be with me yeah and i'm not proud of what i did but at the time it was the only solutions that i felt that i could have in order to run away from those relationships and uh so my first two relationships a lot of fun don't get me wrong i had a great experiences i got to travel i got to be in a ska band i got to get my first tattoos i i i discovered a bunch of stuff about myself that i didn't know um but like i said earlier when we started talking is that through adversity and through difficulty i was able to realize that i don't want to continue to live that life and meet people who will drag me down and who will drag me down physically emotionally mentally so after that relationship i was single for two years where i was just hooking up with people for a while and not really dating, not really trying to find out about people. And uh, things started to change a lot for me. And I started meeting different types of people who were completely different than these two types of men that I had been seeing. And um, and then that's when I got into a relationship with with a woman and we were together for two years. And that was my first great relationship and then after that, I was with a male, and then that was my second great relationship. And I didn't oh. cheat on either of them, so that yeah. was, I'm really proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. I, yeah, and um, those two did not have the jealousy aspect, and and the the um, uh, my first boyfriend, he was very very like. Um, you ha- tell me where you are, where you're going, who you're with. Yeah. Very clingy, not clingy, but like very. I don't know what's the word. I can't think about it, but very possessive. possessive very yeah. possessive. So, um, I-, I think those are traits of toxicity: where you're possessive, where you're selfish, where you're narcissistic, when you're egotistic, um, with jealousy, um, and 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 those things could be disguised in the relationship too. And that's what that's what I feel like a lot of people who are in toxic relationships don't see is, is that jealousy could be disguised very, very subtly. It could just be like, text me or, or, you know, uh, show me your phone, you know, and those are basic things, you know, and, um, but I'm really glad that as I'm getting older, I, 
I'm starting to realize what what I really want from a partner, and I'm attracted to both. Uh, I don't know sexes, genders. I don't know. Don't say the wrong thing. Don't say the wrong thing. <laughs> What's um, funny about that, by the way, is you're in the LGBT community, and they're probably the ones to attack you for saying. I'm wrong not, thing. and I don't. I don't. You don't identify as. I don't it, identify as if bisexual. You at, or, if you look at it literally for what it means, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I. Honestly, when it comes to my sexuality, I, I'm really flowy i've never been the one to say i'm bisexual yeah i just say i like humans i used to be a saposexual for a while where i was really attracted to people who i could have a really good conversation with yeah and then after a while that kind of lost its charm because yeah. not people not a lot of people want to have conversations so I, was like, oh. so I was just like okay well I let's know that's true. i was like well let's fuck <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's the way out of being is i think yeah. it's sapiosexual sapio, oh, sapio? i don't know sapio? i don't know which one i don't well, know what i'm talking about um i shouldn't have said Anything. yeah well that's when you're like attracted to intelligence means, yeah. yeah i'm just saying the pronunciation yeah. uh again english is not my first language so. <laughs> you're from the la area i'm, I'm from uh, pasadena you know pasadena. This. yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. i am la i'm in well, la not in for, do you say you're from la if you grew up in another when did you leave when did you come to the united states i migrated to the u.s in 1999 i, I mean, was age was oh nine i was nine years old okay um no i was eight going to be nine and for me those are like the most primitive years um so i say that i grew up in los in el salvador but i also really identify with los angeles because it was my home for so long um i didn't move to davis until 2017 so i spent 18 years of my no 16 years of my life in in Los Angeles, and I got to know the city really well. So I say that I'm, I say that I'm from Los Angeles, but I do tell people that I'm also from El Salvador when they ask. Yeah. So I identify with both, and I'm really attached to both. Mm. So I'm really attached to the the Latin heritage of my life, but I'm also grateful to have been in the U.S. Mm-hmm. for the latter part of my life. So. Uh, yeah, I, I like to say I'm an LA girl. <laughs> yeah, a well, Latina from LA. Yeah, and yeah. like it's, it sounds like you spent some adult years in LA too. Yeah, like, people yeah. like me are from Pasadena, but I wasn't an adult, so I don't mm. know anything about LA. Oh my goodness! Because I was a kid. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So, Wait, how old are you again? I'm twenty. I'm gonna be twenty six very soon. Okay. Oh, you're not much. I'm gonna be twenty eight this year, so you're not that much. You're an old woman to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow well you're i wouldn't say you're old but speaking yeah. of age yeah do you think about kids is this something that is in your mind at this time because they say men and women it's different how they think i have an extreme position on kids mm-hmm. which is that i hope i never have kids oh, actually i'm, I'm willing like to surgically roommate. not have kids <laughs> if it comes to it you and my roommate would probably get along because she feels the same way yeah yeah <clears throat> but but do you think about do you consider children um i didn't uh, for a really long time, I didn't believe in marriage. I didn't believe in that institution, and I didn't. My my parents they have such a murky relationship that their marriage has been through so much shit, and I've witnessed a lot of it. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they're kind of happy. So, um, but for a really long time, no, I didn't think about children. I told my mom, I'm I'm not gonna have children. I don't want children. Um, uh, but as I'm getting older and 
and psychedelics mm-hmm. have also mm-hmm. kicked in. Uh, just the thought of creating something with my body that yeah. will, if I could leave anything behind, if my work, if with the things that I create, if the masterpiece that maybe one day I'll get to create either in social justice or whatever, or law, wherever I social go next. Justice, huh? well, I, I, well, real I'm social a, justice, <clears throat> not being woke, but actually not being woke, but actually being just society. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> I'm a political science major. I want to go to law school and, and, but I'm also finding that I don't want to grind so hard for something that I'm passionate about. Mm. Um, uh, but as I'm getting older, I, if I don't leave a legacy behind, I want to create something with my body that will, that I can maybe give some life to and give some experience to. And I don't, I've had pets and I don't feel like that fulfills that kind of desire. So, I definitely don't want to have kids right now. But yeah. That's definitely not in my in my near future at all. But if I find um, the right partner, I would definitely like to create a little human <laughs> sperm donor or IVF. Uh, I would i I like the nuclear family system, and I would want to have it with somebody who could help me raise a kid because I don't, I don't want a kid to just grow up with one parent. And I know that works, but I the half of my life, I only had my mom, and then the second half of my life, my dad came in, and I, I feel that that led to a lot of the trauma that I perpetuated into my relationships. I also had abandonment issues with men. Perhaps and a female partner to raise the child? I don't see myself being with a female. Um uh sexually i do all the time but not <laughs> not to actually have a family with i don't think that um I, I i can't see myself with a woman forever but i could see myself with a man forever um so but i don't know i don't know i mean i've been in love with a woman i've been in love with a man so i don't know if you time. if you were with a man and he slept with another man would you say he cheated on you uh yeah <laughs> if his fucking dick went in another hole no, of any he didn't. kind he was a bottom he was a bottom oh fuck no no I would not want to be with a man who was into other men <laughs> why are you being judgmental <laughs> <laughs> because that's how I feel no I that's mean, fair that's fair uh, the reason why I asked that is because I realized that if I was with a woman and she slept with another woman I would not consider that cheating even if she was in a relationship with another, I would woman. Con- I would still consider that cheating. Like if I yeah, if I, I if I'm with a with I'm with with a partner and that partner is male and I sleep with another with another person that partner happens to be a woman, and I didn't tell them and I secretly did it. I oh, think that's if it's secret, I guess yeah, that's a big part. Yeah, if of it's it. secret and I'm what if it's a, not secret? If it's not secret and it's, it's consensual, uh, if it's consensual, meaning you consent. Yeah, if I consent to it, if if my partner consents to it then I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely think it's fine. But to me, if I'm with a man, I want that man to be completely heterosexual. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. want him to have any gay tendencies other than me eating his ass, which I'm totally cool with. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but if you want me to... Do people do, consider that gay? A woman eating a guy's ass? I don't consider it gay, but if you want me gay. to penetrate you, then... With the strap on? you have a strap on right Fuck now? no. No. <laughs> Strap on in this house. No, I I have other things, but not 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 Use a, a knife. A oh, hell, no. that's toxic. No, that's Use hella one of those toxic. bottles. 
<laughs> I mean, I've seen it. <laughs> I, I know it's possible. Um, but no, I, I, I know that's, I, I know that might sound close minded or judgmental, but if a man wanted to be with another man and he wanted to also be with me, I would not be with that man. And I said, yeah. well, I said, why are you being judgmental? Um, I don't actually think that. I, I don't actually think it is judgmental. I, I think that your preferences when it comes to your own sexuality mm -hmm. are just that. Yeah. But I think it is judgmental if you're dealing with something that has nothing to do with your own sexuality. Like, yeah. hey, I'm not going to sell him a ticket to this play because he's a bottom. Oh, no. And it's like, okay, I mean, that's, that's no. too far. Yeah. But if you're saying, no, I don't like this, yeah. then that's perfectly fair game. It's like I, 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 I would also not be with a trans men you know yeah. i i or a trans woman for that matter uh, that's another preference that i have and um and it's not because it's just my sexuality i i, I don't know i don't want i don't know if it's sexuality or my the attraction just doesn't call to me but i don't know i i've i've i haven't engaged with anybody who's trans so i don't know yet <laughs> yeah i don't know i feel like if i you know under certain circumstances sure I think for me is is I'm really attracted to people who are authentic and yeah. um, when when I think about someone who isn't authentic fully uh, or or hasn't like fully accepted their whole true being to me that's like really unsexy and that could be if a man like if a man is a child that is so unsexy to me. Or if a guy doesn't yeah. have confidence or if a woman doesn't have confidence, that's really not sexy to me. That's not attractive. So I like that authenticity that comes with confidence, intellect, uh, creativity, passion, and stuff like that. So um, again, I, I don't know until I meet the actual person and when we communicate. And uh, for me, it's, it's definitely like a physical thing, an aesthetics mm -hmm. thing, but also like a mental thing. Mm. Yeah, but uh, back to the children thing. Yeah, I do want children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm considering getting a vasectomy soon. Ouch! I heard they hurt. They might. They Hopefully, might. it doesn't. Uh, well, you got you got every like its preference is your choice, and if, yeah. there's already so many children in the world that need parenting. Or, yeah. I mean, uh, that's another thing that I might consider is that if I can't create something or a thing <laughs> and then maybe i i will adopt but i ultimately yeah i want to create something with my body well if i accidentally create a kid then maybe you can adopt it and we <laughs> both win <laughs> <laughs> well see i do want a big family so i um yeah we'll see <laughs> mm. okay well on that note it is time for the most important question in the, the universe most important question in the universe Roll or bounce? Mm. Bounce. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Gracias. Mm, I'm gonna take the Strawberry blueberry. One berry, two berry. That's a snack, blackberry. Do I really want the stem or the cherry? Fuck it, naked doing mathematics. Hey, dynamic, I don't mind static. Hey, 
Can't deny it, I might die tonight Hey, every rainbow's just white light uh, Keep my toppings on top of Helicops, helicopter Draw the whole lot, cartographer Think about dots, philosopher Check the bars with a barometer Not a day without chefing, that's negligence Don't trust what I say, check the evidence It all depends on the mold you were shaped in What you make from the leaves that you break in Either you get it or you don't Either it's burnt bread or it's toast Either a wavelength or a note Either a joke or a real quote Either use it or lose your vote Strawberry, blueberry One berry, two berry That's a snack, blackberry Hey, do I really want the stem or the cherry? Not the most musical, more Dr. Seussical All my work's useless, I keep my dick usable I'm a nuisance, the proof's in the juices Finish all your trig and your sig fig mutants She smoked that estrogen and progesterone Threw it in the vape, took it to the dome Fuck it, I might hit the testosterone Chef's cut, dopamine with some melatonin I can't tame it if it's too tame I can't name it, it's a new name Left right when the life came Every night plays the dice game Draw the line through the right planes Is it mean if I don't mean it? What's a fucking mean mean to a deviant? And not to diss you, but you stop shepherd I don't miss you, I have no tissue Strawberry, blueberry One berry, two berry That's a snack, blackberry Hey, do I really want the stem or the cherry? I keep it one more than a thousand I see these sheep charged up, keep it rounded Somebody show these, where the pound is? I think the kitchen's getting crowded Same place, different state Same shit the chefs love, the sheep hate My beats in a briefcase Never cheap with the beefsteak Nothing free in that sweepstake I think they're locked into the optics I'm like the opposite, I'm like their compliment I'd rather say a lot with a little Sold the violin, got a fiddle If you don't experiment, you don't walk You wanna talk? Are you really about the chalk? Then please shut the fuck up, enough is enough Sheep ass arguments, get your tongue cut Strawberry, blueberry One berry, two berry That's a snack, blackberry Do I really want the stem or the cherry?